0: Church is is it is good to see you again my name's Eddie I'm one of the pastors here and I I really am so thankful to get to be with you today I'm thankful that it's summer I love summer I'm thankful that it's been raining but I'm also thankful that the Sun came out today that was a nice break from the rain yes to see the Sun that puts me in a in a good mood so I I'm just really excited to be here and and I hope you are too and and more than that (laughs) I hope you're ready to hear a word from God today we we gather every single week and, and we lift high the name of Jesus, and it will never get old, what we're about to do, which is we're gonna open the book, we're gonna open our hearts, and God will speak. And we can walk out of this room different than when we came in if we're willing to listen. And so that's that's my hope for today as we continue in our series. We're almost to the end of our series in 1 John. Um, We're getting close to the end, but today we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to study just the first few verses, because this is the word that God has for us, particularly today, when he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We're from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of of falsehood. Today, we're talking about testing the spirits, just like John with the church that he's speaking to, to the Christians. He's using all these terms, children, friends, loved ones. Why? Because he's saying, this topic, I want you to hear about this. This, this is something that matters. He's going to give us a warning, but a warning not like in a harsh way. He's saying, because I love you, I need to tell you what, I, what I'm about to say. And he's, he's given us instruction in regards to testing the spirits. But before we dive in, let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. That you didn't just leave us out here on our own to live the life you've called us to live. You, you come towards us. You give us what we need. You are everything we need. And so, Father, I ask today that you would open our hearts right now, that you would let us just kind of take a breath and let everything else fade into the background, and that your voice would come into the foreground. We ask that you would do that. We know your answer is yes. You're always ready, always willing. That's the kind of God that you are. And we give you thanks for that. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things. And if you agree, say amen. 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 All right, if you're ready for me to preach, say go. See, that's that's the motivation I needed. I was like, uh ah, maybe I won't preach. Now you convince me. Here we go. Let's do this. Well, you know, a few years ago, I was gonna lead at a night of worship in my parents' church in Mexico, and I was gonna do this with my brother Stefan. Stefan is 18 months younger than me, so we kind of look the same age, and we also look very similar. So growing up, we were always thought people are like, they're twins. We're not twins. But we kind of look like twins. If, if Stefan was the version of Eddie of someone who just like got lost in the mountains for three years, that's kind of like what Stefan looks like. Um, and if he ever visited our church, you'd be like, is that Eddie? And it's like, no, that's, that's my brother Stefan. It's very, very obvious. And so we were going to do this night of worship, and we were missing a guitar. We didn't have enough guitars for all the people in the band, and so we had thankfully budgeted $500 to be able to buy another guitar, and so it was the day before the night of worship, and I sent my brother Stefan downtown, and I was like, okay, here's, here's my instruction to you. Here's, all, here's the $500 cash, and um, I want you to go get a guitar, and you can get any guitar you want. All I want is that it be a Fender guitar, okay? So that's the brand. I, I was telling him, I was like, I'm, I trust Fender. Just get any sort of Fender guitar. We'll be, we'll be fine. So then he goes, he goes downtown, comes back, and he shows up with this cardboard box with the guitar in it, and he's got a big, like a big old smile on his face, and I'm like, why are you so happy about what happened? And, and he hands me the, the box, and I open the box, and I see what is, what's probably the ugliest guitar I've ever seen in my life, that he, that he brought back, which again, I mean, looks aren't everything for guitars. It matters that it sounds the way I want it to sound. And so I, I put the box down. I pick up the guitar. I'm looking at it, and then I look where the brand name is, and it says Fender. So F A N D E R. I told him to go get a Fender. F E N D R. One letter, but a world of difference apparently. And the the reason why he was smiling, he was like Eddie. I only spent $50 like isn't that amazing like you wanted a fender and I brought you a fender and I'm like no Stefan fender like listen to what I'm saying (laughs) fender and fender are not the same things I was like there's a reason why that one cost $50 you know and um and it's just so so interesting that just one letter of difference and it's a world of change not the same thing, even though it's just one letter difference in that name. And that's kind of what's happening here in First John chapter 4. John's coming to the church and he's saying, you need to know the real Holy Spirit, okay? He's, he's going to warn us. He's going to guide us. He's going to teach us on the topic. We have everything we need right here in the scriptures on the topic. And he's wanting to make sure we, we, we know what's real. And that we are awakened to the reality of the spiritual realm. Back in chapter 3 last week, Pastor Brady was preaching on chapter 3. And by the way, if you didn't hear that sermon, you have to go back and listen to that. Um, if you're watching online right now, like just push pause and then go watch that sermon. And then come back here 30 minutes later and then join us for this sermon. Um, it, it was so good, so important. And we talked about this verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, where John says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray in chapter three we were talking about sin that they'll lead you astray towards unrighteousness that's the terminology leading you astray in chapter three we're talking about people people that you and i know people that you and i are around that have names but in chapter four we're talking about spirits spirits that are doing the exact same thing they are going to try to lead you and to lead me astray. That is what they're trying to do. That's why in verse 1, John starts by saying, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's the first lesson from John. In 1 John chapter 4, he's telling us, not every spirit, not all spirits are from God. Okay. Not all spirits are from God. Just because we're talking about something spiritual, it doesn't automatically mean that it comes from God. And, and, and for some of us, this topic is hard to enter into. For some of us, it feels, I don't know, I mean, it might feel weird to even have, have to talk about the spirits. Wait, there's more than just God as a Holy Spirit? Yes, there are other spirits that are also trying to influence you. And for some of us, it's like a, a weird thing to talk about. And maybe you think it's weird, or maybe you just kind of don't think it's real, that it's not actually happening, that there really isn't a spiritual realm where there is a battle being fought, where there is uh, opposition. And man, to that, I would say, if, if you don't think this stuff is real... You should do what I did this week, which is know that I was going to preach a sermon called testing the spirits and aiming towards saying that on Sunday. And the last five days, I'm telling you, it's like there's a target on my back leading up to this, this, there is real opposition. And that's not just for me. It it happens in your life too. Anytime you are going to take ground for the kingdom, you will sense opposition, Okay? There are spirits besides the Holy Spirit that they do not want anything of God to be happening. And the reason they don't want it to happen in your life is because, because they know once you have the real thing, you won't turn back to their way. Once you see the truth of God, you will be able to reject the lie. And so we start by understanding there actually are other spirits that are not from God. They are real, but if the enemy can get you to be oblivious to the spiritual realm, then he's got, an, uh, he's got an in, and really he's got an influence in your life that's under the radar. This is why John has to take the time and warn us against and say, hey, you need to test the spirits. Because if you just would like to take this whole sermon, this whole topic, and just say, you know, not for me, there's an opening right there for the enemy to make you ineffective, ineffective in the kingdom of God. And John doesn't want this for for us as Christians. He's saying, no, 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 test the spirits. Not all of them are from God. So what are we talking about? We're talking about entities that exist in the spiritual realm, yes. But spirits aren't just like, you know, this thing that's over there in the world that we can't see with our physical eyes. Spirits aren't just these passive beings. To the people John's writing, they would have clearly understood this, that spirit... Oh, look, Siri wants to participate. Sorry. Um... Hush, Um, a spirit, here's what a spirit would have been and and understanding it with this. The spirit is something that motivates you to action, okay? It's not just some passive thing out there in the spiritual realm. It's, It's something that wants to move you towards action. So think about this in the positive sense first. In the positive sense, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us. Okay, he guides us in all truths is what the scripture says. So he is doing his part of saying, go this way and doing everything in his his power. He's going to give you the power to walk in that direction. In the negative sense, the spirits are anything pushing you away from God. They are pushing you instead of into truth, they're going to push you into lies. So when I say the spirits, plural, I'm referring to anything that is pushing you, that is nudging you, that is trying to point you in the wrong direction, and they exist. This is something that is out there, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to push you away from Jesus, right? Check, check that out in verse 2 when he says, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, now the opposite, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now hear these last words of this verse. What you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. See, we get so fixated on what is coming that we miss out on what is now. What John is saying is the work of anti-Jesus is already here. You and I, we're surrounded by the anti-Jesus agenda. Man, everywhere we look, it's like, no, we want to reject the way of Jesus. We wanna have our way. It's my way, my way or the highway. It's all about what I think, what I want. That is against the message of Jesus where his message is that he is Lord. He's in charge. And so when he says that we believe it, that's, that's what we should enter into and what's pulling us constantly and what these spirits are trying to nudge you towards is your own way or the way of the enemy. They don't want you to have the way of Jesus. These spirits aren't just coming against the person of Jesus. Okay, they are, obviously. They want people to just reject Jesus. Like, oh yeah, no, I don't believe in Jesus. Don't believe in anything he said. Of course, that's what the spirits would want. But they're not just coming against the person of Jesus, they're coming against the work of Jesus in your life. John wrote this book to Christians, okay? They are people who profess Jesus, they believe the message of Jesus, that's why they are Christian, and yet he's still warning them, he's still telling them, you need to test the spirits. Why? Because the spirits still want to influence you to go the wrong way. They want to get in the way of the saving work of Jesus to its fullest extent in your life. And they will do anything they can to get you in that direction. They want you to believe the lies instead of the truth. So I thought today I would just share a few lies that I believe are happening. And I I believe they're happening because I've sensed the influence of the spirits pushing me kind of in this direction during the course of my walk with Jesus. They are lies ultimately about the saving work of Jesus. What Jesus wants to do in my life. They are trying to get me to believe these lies. Here's the first lie. You have to sin sometimes. That's the first lie that they're going to push you towards. You have to sin sometimes. Now, listen really, really carefully to what I'm saying. One word off and you can misinterpret what I'm saying. The lie is that you have to that you have to sin sometimes. That's the part that's alive because what the Bible teaches is that before we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, he says that we are slave to sin. See, sin, before Jesus, sin can look at us and it is our master, it is our Lord. We do not have the ability to choose away from it. We only live under its authority before Jesus. But then the good news is that Jesus comes and he dies on that cross. And we, when we believe in him, all that changes. Okay, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 6 when he says, the death he died, talking about Jesus, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What is Paul getting at? Dead to sin? Well, at first you read that and you're like, is he saying like, once I believe in Jesus, then there's no sin in my life? No, that's not what he's getting at. He's, he's talking about what died when Jesus died on the cross. And here's what died is sin's power over your life. Sin no longer has the place it used to have. It used to be able to look at you and say, you belong to me, so you're going to do what I say. You, you were a slave to it, but when Jesus dies, when you believe in him, he breaks and destroys the power of sin so that you don't have to anymore. You don't have to. You aren't bound to that, and the lie is that you have to sometimes. See, here's what the spirits of darkness are trying to push us towards as Christians. They're trying to get you to accept a level of sin in your life. That it's like, well, I don't do that bad thing, and I don't do that bad thing. And, you know, in comparison, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And what those spirits are trying to nudge you towards is like, well, yeah, but what about the things that you know you are dishonoring God in? The spirits want you to just be like, fine with it. It's totally fine. Accept it. you have to sin sometimes. And I'm telling you, that's not from God. That's not from God. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the times we do sin as Christians. Absolutely, that happens. But the reality that Jesus died for, to make a reality for you and me, is that you do not have to. There is not one sin that can come towards you, look at you in the face and say, you have to. Not one thing. There's not one thing that can come to you and say, you belong to me. And this is why we have to identify this lie. Because if it's not identified, then you will feel that nudge of those spirits of darkness trying to push you to believe this lie. Second lie. Second lie about the saving work of Jesus is that if you sin at all, then you're not saved. You aren't saved, okay? This is a lie. If you sin at all, as a Christian, you said you believe in Jesus, but you sinned, you you messed up, then you must not belong to God. That's a lie, that's not what the Bible presents. Um, I can take you to multiple places, here just a couple. James chapter three, uh, James talking to Christians, he says this, we all stumble in many ways. He doesn't even have to specify it. It's very natural for us to understand. We believe in Jesus, but we don't just turn into perfect beings who always make right choices as soon as we believe in Jesus. No, that's a process that's happening inside of us over time, and that is where it ends, okay? That is where it ends for us, but we're still in that struggle here as we live. We all stumble in many ways, and what happens when we stumble, that's what 1 John replies to uh, in chapter 1 when he said, if we confess our sins, the, the sins of Christians in the church, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you hear God's heart? He's not trying to shame you. He's trying to free you. He doesn't want you to feel condemnation. He, he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it is true that you don't have to But it's also true that you will at times sin. And when you do, do not let the spirits push you into the place of shame. This is what the spirits want you to believe. The spirits of darkness, they want you to believe because you screwed up in this particular way, then you're worthless. Then you don't even belong here. It's trying to push you away. And that is not at all God's heart. God's heart is when, when sin happens in our lives, he shines a light on it because he loves us. See, we have to stop viewing sin as something that we treasure, that we need to have. No, sin is the trash that we keep eating. And God's saying, this is so bad for you. I don't want this for you. I'm not holding back anything good from you. I'm leading you into the greatest possible life available to humans today. And that is God himself. That's God's heart for you. So when you sin, we don't don't let voices speak shame over us. What we do is we follow the path that God has already established, and it's right there inside First John when he says, what do we do when we sin? Well, we start with confessing it. To confess is to say the same thing as someone else. So when we confess it before God, it's getting to step one, which is saying, God, you're right. This is sin. This misses the mark. This is life without boundaries. It's, it's agreeing with God about what it is. And then he leads you, and he gives you the gift of repentance, repentance is when we we agree with god in confession then we say i i don't want anything else to do with that i am going to lord would you change my mind about how i view that that's what god does in repentance and and i can give testimony to this. this there are so many things in my life that years ago i was just like man i want this this is so awesome and then to see the work of the holy spirit in my life years later and to look back and be like what was i thinking like, I want nothing to do with that. That is that is so the opposite of what I want in life. That is evidence of the Holy Spirit being at work in me. That's something that only God can do. And so when we sin, we don't just push ourselves out of the family of God and, and confuse ourselves. Instead, we enter into the clarity of confession and repentance. You do that every time, and I'm telling you, it's a gift. Don't let those words become negative words in your life. They're beautiful every single time you step into that you will sense god get closer to you you will sense his kindness it's his loving kindness that will actually lead you to repentance this is what god does okay so if you sin at all you're not saved also a lie that these spirits of darkness are trying to push on you all right last one last lie it shouldn't be this hard to follow jesus it shouldn't be this hard to follow Jesus. The fact that it's hard means well, let's just let's kind of ignore that word. Let's ignore that Bible verse. Let's ignore that passage. Let's just kind of step away from it because it really shouldn't be this hard to follow Jesus. The flip of that lie would be it's always easy to follow God. It's always easy to follow God. That is not the picture we are presented. Yes, the gospel is simple. I'm not trying to overcomplicate anything that God doesn't overcomplicate. But it is also true that there are parts of the message of God that aren't easy. They will hit you, and you'll be like, ooh, that's hard. That happened all the time. In the New Testament, when Jesus is here, he'll preach a sermon. <laughs> and I love the commentary where it's like, and the crowd was like, that's a hard word. We, we don't quite know what to do with that. Because some of the message of Jesus will confront your own heart, right? We're in the process of, instead of my way, it's God's way. And that transition isn't easy, okay? It's not always easy. Oh, yes, oh, I believe it's easy. no. Sometimes it's going to be hard, but Jesus never hid that from us, okay? In Luke chapter 14, he's the one who says, and whoever does not carry their cross, that's a symbol of death, symbol of pain. Whoever does not carry that and follow me cannot be my disciple. If you want to follow after Jesus, part of following after Jesus means some of these things are going to be hard. And what the spirits of darkness are trying to speak over you, they just want you to ignore it and run away. But what God says instead is, come towards me. If anything's hard, I'm talking, get closer to it. Like, spend more time in the scripture and say, Lord, what are you saying? Am I I hearing you right? Invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to teach you all things in regards to the scripture. God, am I seeing this right? Am I seeing it for how you said it? Where else did you talk about this in the scripture? Go through that process. That's what the Lord wants for you. But these spirits, they just want you to be like, oh, that's hard. Pass. Pass. Oh, that's hard to believe that in 2023. Pass. This is the word of life. These are words of life. The more we believe them, the more we lean in, the more life we get to have. And this is God's heart for us today. He wants you to have these words of life. These spirits are against the person of Jesus, and they're against the work of Jesus in your life. So we have to be the people to identify them. If there's anything that you feel a nudge, a push towards hurting yourself, a push towards, you know, having a dependency on any sort of substance or any sort of relationship other than God, anything other than God, those things are not from God. They are trying to lie to you. They are trying to nudge you, influence you, do everything they can to push you away from God. But the good news is not all spirits are from God. Yes, that's true. But the next thing that John says is the really good news, and that is that God is the spirit of truth god is the spirit of truth let me let me just jump back to verse six this is where he says that verse six he says we are from god whoever knows god listens to us but whoever is not from god does not listen to us don't be shocked by that whoever's not from god does not listen to us this is how it goes this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood the spirit of truth is the holy spirit it's God. It's God. The spirit of lies, there's a bunch of those out there, but there is one Holy Spirit, and it is God himself. The point being, we really need to get to know the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You've heard it so many times when we pray, come Holy Spirit. Why do we pray that all the time? Because we're saying, come do the things that only you do, Holy Spirit. And we need to invite that work constantly into our lives. If we don't have that, I don't know how you can make it. You know, before, uh, technology existed such that we could um, use computers to to spot counterfeit currency, like fake currency. Um, Now there's all these different ways that you can do it. But before we had all this technology, they would train people to be the ones to spot counterfeit currency, counterfeit dollars. And... When they would train these people, you'd think they'd train them in like, hey, this counterfeit's out, here's here's one, take a look at this counterfeit, see how this is different and see how this is different, they kind of do this one. You'd think that's what they would do, but they weren't doing that. Why? (laughs) Because there was a new counterfeit like every day, right? Like you could find different counterfeits every single day that are popping up in the marketplace. So what they would do instead is they would sit down with people and they would teach them about the real dollar bill with an incredible amount of detail and saying the real tolerable looks like this. It has this, it looks like this. all these details. They became masters in understanding what the real currency was and anything that differed from that, anything that was different from that was a counterfeit. And this is the invitation of God. He's not trying to get us to memorize all the lies of the spirits of darkness and having to know them all. We don't need that playbook. <laughs> we don't need it. Why? Because we have the spirit of truth. dwells inside of us and so that's the invitation is it's you know i just mentioned three lives are there more oh yeah there definitely are more but we don't need all that what we need to do is we need to learn and have more and more of the holy spirit and that the holy spirit would have more of us that there would be no part of our hearts that we say off limits to god to be filled with the spirit to be not just filled but overflowing with the spirit but the spirit would be coming out of our mouths and the way that we speak to others, the way we behave, everything in my life according to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That's the exact term that Jesus uses in John chapter 16, verse 13, when he says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you What is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And the more we get to know him, the easier it gets to identify any other agenda that's against Jesus. You know, one of the main things that the Holy Spirit does is that he empowers our obedience to God. The power to obey God is found in the Holy Spirit. See, maybe you're like me and you're a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty driven person. I like clarity. I like deciding things. And then I'm like, great, let's go for it. I I have a, you know, a lot of a a will inside of me to do things. But what I've found in the Christian faith is your own will is just not enough to obey God. You will fall on your face like I have many times because you can't just muster it up inside of you. The capacity to obey God is not inside of you. It is something that has to come from God himself. God sets all the high standards that we have in life. God is the one who sets them. But here's the good news. God sets the high standard and is also our provision to meet that standard. Okay? See, see think about it. God, God sets the standard of holiness. You want to have a relationship with God? You have to be perfect. Perfect. You have to be righteous and we look at that and we're like we we can't meet that god on our own we cannot do that we do not meet the standard but god is not a god who says hey jump this high and then he just laughs at us as we try to you know try to jump that high that is not god god says here is the standard of my holiness and then he reaches down and he's the one who picks us up and he's the one who says i will be your provision to meet that standard he does it by sending his son jesus christ To come to earth and for him to die on that cross in our place so that for if we believe in him we have the forgiveness of our sins he's the provision for the standard that he meets and that's true of the work of jesus and it's in the same way true of the work of the holy spirit god's standard in regards to obedience is that if we love him we will keep his commandments that's a high standard right if you love god i love god okay then keep my commandments Ooh, well i don't always do great at that So do I not love him? No. What he's getting at is when you love me, you will keep my commandments, but the only way you're going to be able to keep my commandments is through the power of the Holy Spirit, which I'm sending to you. He will be with you. He will empower you. So if you're feeling exhausted sometimes in your walk with Jesus, you just feel like every turn of the way, man, not doing great at that, not doing great at that. Maybe just pause for a second and and ask yourself, have I invited the power to obey in my life? Have I said, Holy Spirit, you are the power. I cannot do this without you, but he will empower your obedience. This is, this is what he does. And so not all spirits are from God. Yes, that's the first point. So we want to identify what they're doing. We want to reject that. But then also God is the spirit of truth. And we want to invite that more and more in our lives. Because once we have the real thing, it's easier to spot those counterfeits. And if we understand those two things, then we can get to this last point here um, in verse four. I love this verse where John says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them, the spirits, the spirits of darkness, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I'll close with this. In God, you have overcome the spirits. In God, you have overcome the spirits. Not all of them are from him. God is the spirit of truth. And if you are in that spirit, you have overcome the spirits of darkness. Okay, see, I wanted, when I wrote that point, you know what I wanted to write? I wanted to write, in God, you can overcome the spirits. Because I want to think, you know, hey, let's do the things that the word of God says, and then we can overcome the spirits. But I couldn't put that word in that point. Why? Because John doesn't say that. He says, because you are in God, you have overcome the spirits. His point being, it's already won, okay? You are not entering into the battlefield to see who's gonna win this battle in the spiritual realm. Jesus Christ has already won. He's the one who gives us everything that we need. His point, like here's where John ends. He's trying to get you and me to see that the one who's in us, the one who dwells in us, Is greater and greater is like the biggest understatement it's like there's no bigger word than greater like he's greater in comparison to what is in the world he's just so much greater there is not a close second when it comes to God There is no rival. There's no one in the same category. So no matter what you feel that nudge towards the lies, whatever you feel that influence in the other direction, he wants you to know that the one in you is so much greater. And because he's greater, you have nothing to fear. You don't have to hear a message like this and and be afraid about all the things that are happening in the spiritual realm. No, you get to walk out of this room with your head held high because the one who's in you, is greater. You have nothing to be afraid of. You don't have to memorize the lies, you just need to get to know the real Holy Spirit. So the invitation of God for us today is, he's ready to speak that truth, he's ready to guide. And yet it's not always happening in our lives, why? Because we're not testing the spirits. We're ignoring it. We're thinking this topic is just something for someone else, but the invitation of God would be today. Don't you want more of me? The Spirit of Truth. I think the invitation for each one of us is to open our lives to the work of the Holy Spirit. That we would have more empowerment to obedience found in Him. That we would be able to detect the lies of the enemy found in Him. And that we would be able to walk this life that He's called us to live without fear in our hearts, without worry as we leave the room knowing, yes, it's a struggle. Yes, we're in the here and now. It's, it's for sure going to change in the future. But while we're here on planet earth, ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on earth, we have the spirit of truth with us. He has not left you alone. And he will never leave you alone. Can we stand together? I want to pray for you. Also want to invite the servers to come forward here as soon as i finish my prayer i'll invite you come forward you can receive the elements hold them in your hand go back to your seat and then after a few moments pastor jordan is going to lead us in a time of communion but before we do that i want to pray for you i want to pray for those of you who sense the nudge in the wrong direction i want to pray for those of you who feel the exhaustion of living life without the empowerment of the holy spirit My heart is that you would find it all right here, right now. Why do we have to think that it has to come later? Later is something that we come up with. God's saying now. Here. Today. Right here. That's God's heart for you. Let me pray for you. Father, you are so kind to us. You're so kind to us in the way that you deal with us. You are not harsh, you are loving. Every moment of conviction in our lives, though it feels painful for the moment, it always leads to life. Just like Paul says, godly sorrow leads to life, leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow is to crush us, it leads us to death, but that's not you, God. All sorrow that we experience is because we know that we've wronged you, we've gone against your ways, but you are pulling us into new life over and over. So, Father, right now, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are in this room and who are listening online. There are spirits that are not from you, and they are trying to push them towards lies. They are trying to push them away from you. And so right now, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we reject the work of those spirits. We say, not here, not today, not right now. And we hold on to the truth that we have overcome those spirits. We hold on to you, and that is true. We hold on to your spirit, and it is true that we have overcome. So for my brothers and sisters that walk in here today and feel the weight of it, I pray that that weight right now would just lift off their shoulders, that they would know they don't have to fight harder. They just need to hold on harder to you. They don't need to raise weapons that are earthly. They need to raise weapons that are of the kingdom. And we will keep praying and we will keep worshiping. We will keep singing until we see your kingdom fully here, God. We will not give up. You are with us And you'll always be with us. So I pray that there would be a weight lifted off anyone who has that weight. For your burden is light. You are in the yoke with us. You're not just saying, go in this direction. You're saying, let's go in this direction together. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your heart. Your words are life to us. But we've never seen a heart like yours. Thank you, God, for meeting us here like you always do. We give thanks in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can come forward and receive the elements